going on guys and welcome to episode three of the throwing shade podcast uh and you guys have if you've watched the first two episodes you know it's me and andy but today we have a new guy joining do you want to say hello daniel yeah what's going on guys uh my name is daniel um also known as the uber youtuber um mm. that's my channel name on youtube uh, i've been uh, buddies with uh brett for quite some time now and uh just meeting andy as well so super excited to be here yeah, right on. Andy, do you want to say anything to start off the podcast? Any? Just, just welcome back, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. Um, should be a pretty exciting uh, third episode here. Right on. And Andy, you were going to ask uh, Daniel a few questions, just kind of let everybody know um, kind of why he wanted to join the podcast, his U- a little bit about his YouTube, just so you guys know a little bit more about Daniel uh, himself. So do you want to get right into that? Yeah, so just, just to touch on that, uh, Daniel, um, tell, tell us a bit about you, um, you know, like, who, who are you? What do you do? Um, you mentioned you did have that YouTube channel. Um, how, how'd you get into that? Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much a lifelong gamer. Um, I've been playing games since I was probably, oh, I don't know, six years old maybe. So long time. And, um, you know, I've always been um, pretty into gaming. I never really branched into, uh, like, the, the business side of things or the, the industry really I was just kind of a more of a consumer for a long time and then um, about a year and a half ago or so I met uh, Brett and uh, you know he's got a YouTube channel and he's kind of been pushing me to, to, to do a YouTube channel as well so I kind of started getting into that and uh, for the last year year maybe 14 months or so um, I've been uh, making gaming videos so really just um, doing what I normally do play the game and uh, just uh, this time I'm recording them as well and um, yeah it's been fun it's been fun so far I've got to meet a lot of cool people in the last uh, year and a half or so and Brett's one of them and uh, you're another one obviously now that I'm we're just uh, starting to get to know each other um, yeah. but yeah I'm into all kinds of games really um, big mostly sports games I'm huge into sports games but I'll, I'll dabble with in other um, genres as well so Right. I just right. I just love video games, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I think I think we all have that in common. Um, so how did you and Brett meet? Oh, funny. Steve. That's a that is an excellent question. An excellent question. Do you want to take the lead, Daniel? Sure. Yeah. So we actually met. Um, we were uh, writing for this uh, sports uh, gaming website. Um, okay. About. Shoot, what was it? About, about a year and a half ago, it was, right? Oh, I'd say at, at least a year and a half ago. It was right when I, like, a couple months after I started my YouTube channel, I, I started with them. Right, so you know what? It's probably about around this time two years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, 22 to 24 months ago we met, and um, then we got to go to E3 uh, a year ago, uh, June of 2004. 15 and that's when i met brett in person and uh, we hit it off we got a lot of the same interests and um that's how we met in person and we've been uh, buds ever since really 100 yeah it was very exciting we were all we were amped to go to e3 wow. i was actually probably most excited to meet down because we were like there was the people on the website and then me and him had gotten like pretty close to where we were like talking pretty much every day uh and we knew that we wanted to start we actually been talking about a podcast for a long time do you remember like quite a yes, long time have. We've been wanting to do this for a really long time. That's true. We've 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 attempted it a couple of times, but uh, not not in this format like it is now. Uh, definitely 
more amateurish and uh now now we're getting now we, we got andy's help now so we're getting uh, better at we it. need we needed the third piece we I needed so. uh, to create the big three the big three the big three you know d wade and bosch couldn't do it themselves they needed the <laughs> one uh guy in there as well and i uh I, I remember actually. Um, I'm, I'm gonna take that. We're we're just gonna cut you off right there. I just want to end this before you change me. Um, so so obviously you know Brett was a big part in bringing you to YouTube, bringing you into this world. Um, that's pretty great. Um, honestly, we have that in common. Um, so do you, do you have like a specific reason you wanted to do a podcast and you wanted to you know break away from that just playing YouTube or sorry playing games and putting them on YouTube kind of thing or or is it just is a podcast just another thing you can go into into no I, I I really I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while now because you know when you do videos um, a lot of the especially if you're not streaming if you're just uh, straight up making a video, um, you don't have anybody to really bounce ideas off of, you know, you're not really, um, it's just you and you're just reporting, um, you know, your thoughts and your ideas and things like that, but you don't have somebody to bounce things off of. And that's where a podcast is really nice. We can talk about, you know, sports, uh, video games, all this kind of stuff. Um, and actually have, you know, like-minded people to talk. Uh, about this stuff and, and bounce ideas off of which is really nice so that's why uh, i think brett same same as me we've been wanting to do a podcast for that reason for a while now mm-hmm. right? oh, 100% yeah like like i said we've been talking about this for a long time i think it's just fun to like you make videos by yourself all the time and actually just like even just talking to people and like an atmosphere and having kind of like a structure i've just always kind of want because uh, i my goal me and andy were talking about this last week uh, so we both kind of have aspirations to get on the radio and stuff. And I feel like this is kind of, it's similar to that in a way. Absolutely. Right. Kind mm-hmm. of a stepping stone or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a step in the right direction for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, so awesome. yeah, that's, that's yeah, probably. Th- thanks a lot, man. Uh, it's good to kind of get to know you a little bit. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> we can, uh, we can, we can certainly get rolling into this and, uh, I think I think Brett had had something you wanted to go into with the World Series. Oh yeah, we have a few things that we should probably talk about because if you guys know, the Cubs did win. Absolutely, I was watching that. It was like I think it was like two a.m. my time, and I was like falling asleep, and then the rain delay happened. And I remember laying there because I had an accounting class at eight thirty in the morning the next day that I can't really miss. If I miss a class of that, I'm going to be in trouble. I started thinking to myself, like, is it worth it? Worth it? And it, it was. I stayed up. Super exciting game. Uh, what, what were your What were your guys' thoughts on it? Starting with uh, Daniel. Yeah. So, um, it kind of funny. I had obviously no rooting interest in the World Series, but this is the um, the one World Series I was really excited to watch. Really. I mean, you know, you see the Cardinals in there uh, oftentimes. Obviously, you know, you kind of got the the same teams. Uh, competing so this year was different having the the indians and cubs make it all the way and the cubs long drought was it 107 years 108 years somewhere in there years 108 years yeah so i I was super stoked to watch it because either way i mean i can i can only imagine what cubs uh fans went through as well as indians fans i guess i mean it, it you know that's that's high stress High stress moments there, um, but to, to get a game seven in the World Series, there's nothing like it, right? I mean, every pitch is is super tense, and I was um, 
I was uh, somewhat surprised at some of the uh, managerial decisions uh, throughout. You know, Chapman, um, I've never seen him pitch that much, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was a big yeah. surprise. And I thought, if they don't win now, that's going to, I don't know what's going to happen, but they're, they're probably going to be pretty uh, mad at Madden, right? I, w- I would think so. Yeah, that that was a questionable out. call. For sure, right? that was a questionable yeah. call. I was but very they, uh, it does go back to him just having faith in that guy, though, right? Like, like keeping Chapman in and knowing that he can push that extra inning or those that extra at bat. Like, mm-hmm. He knew something that nobody else knew, right? I mean, that's kind of a that's what makes a good manager, right? Kind of mm-hmm. having your finger on the pulse of your team and your bullpen, right? I always look at it though, like if you got to kind of go with what got you there. So if what won the most games, like the Cubs won the most games in the regular season. They're in Game 7 of the World Series. Why go? Why stray from what you've been doing? Like, why put him in so early when that's something that he's never been accustomed to? Uh, yeah. I was a little bit surprised with that. In my opinion, you kind of got just got to go with what got you there and not try to shake things up too much. Yeah, yeah, no. It was, I mean, there's risky risky plays on both, both end, ends of the managerial decisions. Like, you know, all game. And, and like you said, Daniel, like, it's Game 7. Every single at bat, every single pitch, everyone's clinching and and they're nervous and and uh, you know I I think that we can sit here and and we we can talk about how nerve nerve wracking it was, but for those guys, I mean, multiply it by a million, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, the so. the pitching aspect, I can't even like I've done a lot of pitching in baseball in my life, and I get nervous at like city final. I cannot imagine getting put in those situations. Like honestly, like. Your heart has to be racing. It was, and you could see that Chapman, they were talking about it, the announcers, when he was in there, he was throwing like, he's a guy who's usually in the 102 range. Like he throws like 100 miles per hour to like 102. He was hitting like 97, 98 for a while in that game. Yeah, yeah. Which is why uh, Davis was able to hit that home run, which is probably one of the most exciting things I've ever watched in sports. I remember I tweeted that as soon as that happened, I was like, that's probably the coolest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, I I, I could not believe it. Like, and, and you even, you watch him, you watch him swing, and he just kept on staying alive, staying alive, getting a piece of it, getting a piece of it. And and when he made contact with that ball, you knew it was a matter of time before he did. Oh, 100%. It was, like, and, the best at bat. Like, when that thing came off his bat, I, yeah, like, I, it was unbelievable. And, and that's not even coming from a Cleveland fan. Like, that's just, that's just a baseball fan, right? Like, 100%. Right. You love to see that. No, that was phenomenal, phenomenal game seven. Really, it yeah. had a little bit of everything, right? Oh yeah. Even a rain, even a rain delay, and really, like it's, it, it couldn't have finished any better. It was just mm-hmm. the perfect ending, huh? unless you're a, unless you're a, an Indians fan. That it probably wasn't the perfect ending. It probably could have right. been a bit better. <laughs> I, I think it was, in my opinion, I want to get your guys' opinion on. It. I think it was big for like baseball in general to have a World Series that had kind of a little bit of like historic like meaning with like the hundred because baseball in my opinion does the worst job of any sports of marketing themselves like there's so many it has so much potential but they just don't have the stories like the nba right now has the story of like kd leaving they got lebron like all this stuff that they can talk about all the time but baseball like like you said when it's the cardinals uh in the world series and the giants in the world series like it's not going to get the same viewership so i think this year was really really good for them having that story of the 108 years uh, to bring that in. And they're like, if you guys didn't look at the ratings yet, they skyrocketed from any other year. And they kicked um, the NFL's butt, I think, 
which oh. is surprising. I mean, I, I think it had um, it had about half the viewership that the Super Bowl gets, which is huge for a single World Series game. Oh, 100%. Baseball, and, you know, yeah. And, and it kicked uh, the NFL's butt on all the other, uh, you know, Sunday night football, Monday night football. I mean, it, 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 it was a huge rating, which is awesome to see as a baseball fan, right? That, that's great. You always want to see the MLB uh, uh, be front and center like that. That's really nice. It was cool. You're right. You're right, Brett. Uh, with the Cubs making it, the historic, um, the storyline was there this year, right? It was, it was kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. And some some could argue that baseball would have rather the Cubs lost that game. If I was the guy, the major, the owner of the MLB, I would be sitting there hoping the Cubs lost because then the story doesn't go anywhere. Then all you talk about yeah. all offseason is, Will the Cubs win the next year? Will the Cubs do this now? And that's it. You can't. They got a lot of years until they can build up a 108-year drought again. So, at, like at the same time with that, though, I mean, you still have Cleveland on the other side of things. That what they haven't won in is it 60 years? 60, 60 no. They're Seven. the second longest drought right now. The longest drought right now is the Cardinals in football at okay. 69 years, and I think Cleveland's just in front of that. Right. So I mean, you you still have you still have all the all of these these stories to go with, right? And, and you still got the Clevelands that that, like you say, I mean, they're the second longest drought, and right. and they were that close. They were one win mm-hmm. for three games away from winning the World Series, and and who knows? Like, are they going to come back next year? And are they going to you know are they going to contend again? Or are they going to have that World Series hangover that we all know about that? You know, maybe they they finish in the middle of the pack. Uh, I see them right. as a middle of the pack team next year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I and and I do too. I mean, can they? How long can you sustain something that that is that powerful, right? You know, the city of Cleveland. It was kind of um, the Indians really had a huge winning streak, right? Right around the time when the when the Cavaliers um, were on their um, when they won, yeah. Run. So I think like the city was all amped up. I wonder how much that attributed to their, uh, you know, riding kind of high during that time. I mean, they had a huge winning streak that kind of propelled them into the postseason. Right? They never really looked back from it. But uh, I don't know. Kudos to Francona, man. That guy. Uh, what a, <laughs> I mean, awesome man, man managing uh, he did throughout the year, man. And then yeah. that game where you know it was pretty much just a bullpen game from the very beginning. I mean. Uh, he managed that perfectly, getting everybody, uh, uh, getting just the right pieces in there from the bullpen. I mean, uh, that guy showed me a lot. Both managers, man, were just outstanding, outstanding, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I'm a big fan of uh, Francona. I think because I don't think Cleveland was the most talented team in the right. AL. I, I really don't. But he, I, I think that they did have a lot of leaders, though. Yeah, that's what base, baseball comes down to: getting hot at the right time of the year. Like they had. I feel like, as a Canadian, this is biased. I feel like the Jays were a more talented team in terms of batting and everything. But, like, when you throw Andrew Miller in there with the Cleveland fans going nuts, it's, yeah. it's tough. they weren't making any contact. But we should probably move on from the World Series. That was a good chat. Any, you guys have any other thing, anything else you guys want to say about it? or? I, I just wanted to touch on, uh, on Michael Martinez coming in. Oh, yeah, that's good. As an inch hitter. Right. Um, like, they... Well, it yeah, wasn't. He, he was I'm pretty skeptical. Pretty skeptical about that whole decision. Like, you got a guy like Coco Crisp, who 
I believe, went two for five in the game where he hit one double and another single. He's he's a seasoned player, and you pull him and put in pinch hitter Michael Martinez, who in 2016 played 59 games, had 95 at-bats, and hit 23, had 23 hits. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy, it's not like he's, you know, it's not like he's a big Encarnacion with, with all these walk-offs, right? Like, like he's, I think his highest batting average was 267 ever. Mm-hmm. And to so, have... Like, how do you, how do you, how do you make that decision? How well, do you, why? Well, the move was made initially. Like, it was a pincher, you're right, that it was, but the move was made initially uh, when they were in that spot when there was a runner on third, uh, and Coco Crisp is not known for having the best arm ever. Uh, so they put Martinez in right for his arm initially as a pinch fielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they put they put him in as a pinch fielder, but then to let him hit, that that's where you kind of you got to look at the move to put him in as a pinch fielder. Do you t- really is it that important to you to have a better arm out there and then risk a late like I think he kind of showed a little bit of lack of faith in his bats bats because yeah. he was saying we need to get that guy out at third because I don't trust my hitters uh, to be able yeah. to score any runs the next inning. Uh, definitely was a move though that I was a bit surprised by as well. But you never know. Like, there's no way he would have thought that the game would have come down and the World Series would come down to the bat in his hands. But that's just the way baseball works. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. Mm. I, I, I was surprised as well, and I might be biased because I'm a big Coco Crisp fan. Haven't watched him here with the A's for uh, I don't know how many years. Six, seven years he was here. My son's got his jersey and everything, so. I, I kind of and I was I was kind of secretly rooting for the uh, Indians to get it just for Coco's sake, but uh, yeah, I was surprised as well because Coco, um, decent bat, right? Uh, clutch. He's been in a lot of big games over his career, and yeah. let's not forget about his base running. Um, you know, I know he's getting a little older, but he's not going to be a liability on the base. Path, no, he's you know? very fast. He's a fast yeah, guy. He's still, still stealing uh, bases. He's still uh, got. You know, he's very good on the bases. So, yeah, I was a bit surprised as well. But, um, yeah. There we go. Anything else you guys want to add? Daniel, you got anything you want to add to the World Series talk? or? Well, we, we kind of already talked about the Rajay Davis home run. That was unbelievable. I thought, oh, man, here we go again. Right? Oh. I, I honestly thought the momentum swung at that moment, and I thought they're going to do it. Uh, but, you know, it didn't end up being that way. But that moment... It's just unbelievable. I couldn't believe they, they tied it, you know? Did you hear the announcer? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you were on the same channel. He was screaming. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. He was, like, he was like just like a little kid just watching the game. You could tell it kind of came out of him when he was like... Because I, I talked about in my video that like it doesn't matter what like if you hate the Indians. It doesn't matter like how who your favorite team is in the MLB. When stuff like that happens in sports, you just kind of stop and have to appreciate it. Like, that's why we all love sports, is for moments like that. Absolutely. All right, Daniel. So, what are your thoughts on PlayStation VR? Can you tell me a little bit about it, what you're excited, you know, what you're excited about? Um, Yeah, just just tell me a bit about it. Sure thing, yeah. So, I just picked it up um, last week, about a week ago. So, uh, obviously, the release games are somewhat limited, um, there's a lot of like mini game type of uh, uh, titles out there, okay. uh, but nothing, no, no real AAA um, titles as of yet. Um, but you know, also really no sports titles unless you're counting uh, racing games, which obviously that is a sport, and obviously that ties in well with VR. But um, 
I'm pretty excited about the possibilities of it. Um, unlike the, um, although the Move is supported for the VR in a lot of games, uh, the PlayStation Move controllers, um, you know, you may need for uh, to play certain VR games. It doesn't seem as gimmicky to me as uh, some of these other, uh, you know, the Wii kind of controllers and, and things right. like that. I yeah. feel like. It, it could actually uh, become a pretty uh, cool gadget when it comes to sports games. And uh, since we just talked about baseball, I thought uh, VR, MLB The Show would be a great title to take advantage of the VR's uh, possibilities. Because I always wonder, I watch, you know, I watch baseball on TV. I'm a big baseball fan, as, as are you guys. And I always wonder, I mean, we can go batting cages and stuff, but there's nobody throwing 100 mile an hour in the batting cage, right? There's no machine that, that's going to just pop 100 mile an hour. It'd be so cool to have the VR headset on and stand in the batter's box and see what, like, an Aroldis Chapman uh, uh, fastball would look like, right? High and tight. I mean, I really think it would be a, a super cool niche that uh, MLB The Show could hit on that. And I'm not sure... I would tie into other sports games because uh, then you're going back to kind of the Wii, you know, motion sensor controls right. and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people like to enjoy that games sitting on the couch or sitting in a chair. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. you know, how many people are going to be up for that. But what do you guys think about that? Brett, you want to touch on it first? On the VR? Yeah. Ah, see, I'm iffy on it, man. Like, to me, it's kind of... I like what you're saying, Daniel, and I think it would be cool to see what a Chapman fastball is like coming in. I just, I don't know. I'd almost rather them spend time on other things because realistically, you're not going to be like, let's say, let's say it's 12 o'clock at night and you want to go, you want to play video games before you go to bed. You're not going to be standing up in the living room and just like True. taking hacks at that. Like I'd rather me, like I'm not the type of person, it's, it kind of reminds me of Wii, to be honest, the whole thing. Like I putting on the big mask and everything. Like VR to me is, is cool, like for, it's like cool, it's like the Pokemon Go game. It's cool for like a couple weeks and then it's yeah. just going to die down because people just want to stop moving. Like, like it's, it's good in theory, but I'd rather them put effort into other things in the game, to be honest. I do, like, I definitely use it. I definitely go buy it, but I don't know. I'm not sure. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of agree with you a bit there, Brett. Like, really, how many... And I actually, I think that was a perfect example with Pokemon Go. Um, you know, everyone's really hyped at the start. And, and Daniel, like you touched on, you know, it being pretty cool to stand in the batter's box and, and watch those 100-mile-an-hour fastballs come, come flying by you. Um, that would be an unbelievable experience. But is there any longevity in it? Like, is it, you know, can it last? Um, you know, you see all of these... Like, I think, what was it? The 360 had the Kinect. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you got the Wii. You got all these, all these uh, you know, fitness-rated games that are supposed to get gamers essentially healthier. Um, I, I don't see it taking off as much as maybe it should. Um, just just due to the fact that I think, I think it'll get old quick. And, you know, it... As cool as it would be to watch those fastballs go by and try and you know make contact and try and get the hits, um, I, I don't I don't see it being a huge market. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's smart on PlayStation. Sony's because people are going to go buy it. Like people yeah. are still going to spend the money to go buy it because everyone wants to try it a few times. I just don't. Just like you, who's talking about Connect right now? I don't hear anybody like, oh wow, 
I went home and I just played Connect for a couple hours. Like it's in the end, it's always going to be back to the regular controller. Like I, I, all these things for now at least until gaming takes like a major step forward. I think for now it's everything's everyone's just going to go back to the controller eventually. Now, let me ask you guys a question. This is not gaming related, but I think the NBA is in war, uh, in talks about making some VR or some games. Um, they're going to broadcast some games in VR. Would that be something you're interested in? I, I know myself, I would definitely pay for that and check that out at least a couple of times. Uh, so essentially what it is, is they're mounting like a 360 degree camera somewhere along the floor of the arena um, at the basketball game. And then you would watch the basketball game as if you were sitting in the arena, which to me, that sounds super mm -hmm. amazing. So it's essentially like having floor seats, uh, but you're sitting uh, in your living room. Would that be something you guys uh, would check out? So I actually, I forget, uh, I forget which coach it was. There's a coach of, I, I think they were talking about doing that with the NFL too, maybe. I think and, so, you're right, yeah. And they interviewed one of the coaches about it, and he was hot. He was just fired up. Um, you know, I guess I guess what they think it's going to take out of the game is the crowds. Like, why are people going to get off their couches and go and watch a game for, you know, 120 bucks when they can sit at home, pay 120 bucks maybe for the whole package? And they get to watch every game like they're sitting there. So I, I think that, that, you know, as as the teams, like as the managers, as the owners, as the coaches, I think that they're extremely concerned that it's going to take a lot of the viewership, a, a lot of their big crowds out of the games. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's where they make their money. So yeah. I, I, see, I see where you're coming from on that. But I also don't think it would have that big of an impact i think you're still gonna have to sell. like nfl is such a big industry like it, you're still gonna sell out crowds in yeah, most major yeah. things it would take away a little bit but like you can't replicate there's no there's never gonna be like a vr thing or a helmet that you can put on that will replicate what it's like to actually be at a game like i remember when i went to my first seahawks game like it's it's just the whole experience is just it's you kind of go there not as much, like, you obviously go there to watch the game, see your favorite team play, but the experience, seeing every, the people around you, um, yes. hearing, like, the loud, like, I think that's almost impossible to replicate. But like Daniel, I would definitely try it out. That's something that I would be interested in, more so than the video game aspect. Like, yeah. I, like if I could watch the Titans, who play in, like, 30 minutes, if I could watch that in VR just from sitting here, because I obviously can't fly to Tennessee to go watch them play, I would be all over that. Much faster than I'd be over like a PlayStation version. Because I kind of like just laying down, to be honest. Yeah. I, I feel you there. I feel you. That's, that's another uh, feature, actually. I, actually, this is the feature I use most with the VR. I essentially use it as a big screen uh, taped right in front of my face, basically, which is kind of cool. Uh, you can play any game on the VR. It won't be in... Uh, true virtual reality but it essentially is um as if you're sitting in a movie theater all by yourself in the front row kind of thing or really up close so it's kind of neat uh when somebody else is watching something on tv or or, or something like that you can actually play your game uh in front of this huge screen so i i use it as that too and i, I even watch netflix on it also which is oh. kind of neat See, I didn't know about that. What, so you're I, saying when yeah, you... That's, that's pretty cool. How much is the VR thing? How much are they? How much do they go for? It's, 
it's not cheap. Um, out here in the U.S., it retails for about three ninety nine, I believe. Which three ninety nine, cheap. Which is like a thousand Canadian with how weak our dollar is. <laughs> oh man! <I'm> yeah. about... <laughs> and, and it's actually the cheapest VR headset out there right now because I think the Oculus is even more. The Oculus Rift. So. So what's you, what's the benefit to the Oculus? Um, they're. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure on that actually. I know it's okay. more expensive, and it's their own. Um, they have their own dedicated um, software, obviously. So, you know, they're not compatible. They have some of the same games on PlayStation as they do on the uh, Rift system, but I'm not sure as far as specs. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right on. Well, I think I'm. I think I'm all. I'm pretty much VR'd out. Are you guys? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Okay, so I was going to ask Daniel, because we've been talking about this the last couple weeks. So me and Andy are going to do our best to not say anything, because if you go watch the first two episodes, you could hear our extensive opinions on this subject. Uh, But there was a a movement called Hashtag No More Packs, Daniel. I saw you made a video on it a little while ago. Uh, You definitely are close to this, because I don't know anyone. I don't think there's anyone on the planet who opens as many packs as Daniel Basil. Like I think I think EA should be like sending him wherever he wants. If I was EA, I'd have Daniel going to like, oh, I don't know. Like I'd be doing a lot for you, man. And and, and then Daniel would obviously have to bring us with him. And oh, one hundred percent. He should have like Daniel should never have to pay for another game in his life. Like if you if you were a marketing person, you'd be like, I, I give Daniel the game, and then I know he'll spend more than the cost of the game on packs. And I'm like that too. I'm pretty sure the EA could just give Madden away for free and probably make a decent amount of money. Probably, probably even more, to be honest. Uh, but do you want to give us, uh, give your opinion on the hashtag No More Packs? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Toke obviously started this, right? Uh, he was on the forefront of it, and it's kind of uh, gained momentum. Although I, I did see him open some more packs, so I guess it was somewhat short-lived. Very um, short-lived. <laughs> Which I understand, right? Like you guys touched on last episode. So that's his livelihood, and essentially that's what people want to watch, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, personally, I open a lot of packs, and, and um, I don't open them expecting really anything out of them. Um, I know the deal. I read uh, what each pack ha- uh, promises to have inside, and I don't ever expect any more um, out of that. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I know they're, you know, I don't really want to, because it's not gambling. I don't want to, I don't want to use the word gambling. However, um, on other gaming platforms, um, you know, their odds would be written down. They'd be concrete in black and white. I know EA is not doing that. Um, and they don't have to either. Neither does 2K or MLB The Show, Sony San Diego. They don't have to put the, the card odds up. Uh, it'd be nice to see, obviously, but I don't think we'd, we'd ever get that. Um, however, so for me personally, I'm not going to stop opening packs just because I think the odds are uh, very low of getting something good. And I don't think they should raise the odds per, per se. I think, if anything, maybe they could... Um, sell these packs for cheaper maybe sell bundles for cheaper maybe um do a fire sale of some sorts uh once a week if you buy bundles between the hours from whatever seven to ten you know um they're they're cheaper 
Um, just give us something. Give us something. And then also maybe um, give us more rewards uh, for the people that do spend on packs. Um, just throw us a bone sometimes, you know. Give us some um, some perks that may maybe other people who don't spend money on the game don't get. And I know they have the Madden rewards, and that's all great. You know, and I see people tweeting out NFL game tickets that they've gotten um but i feel like it's very few and far between you know there's a lot of people spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars um that probably will never get anything you know so mm -hmm. i think they can do a better job um as far as rewarding the people that actually do uh buy a lot of packs you know and essentially youtubers like toke um they're promoting the game uh People watch Toke's pack opening, and there, you know, there's a good chance a lot of people are gonna go out and buy that same bundle that he just bought, hoping for some elite pulls as well. So, um, you know, if if they up the odds, the uh, now it, the moment of pulling an elite, uh, it'll lose its luster a little bit, right? When mm -hmm. there's just elites flying around everywhere. Yeah. Uh, or diamonds or whatever you want to call them in the different game modes um it'll lose its luster quick people um the game mode will get stagnant and it should be rare um to get a super high highly rated card but at the same in the same token i think uh, we should you know they should look at the pricing a little bit because it is expensive and they have a lot of kids playing these games who probably can't afford uh that kind of uh a bundle and pack you know you guys touched on it last week so that those are my thoughts here I, I think that they would see a lot more people, and, and I know that a lot of people do still spend the money and open the packs, but I think that it would open it up to a whole new, a whole other group of people if they were to lower the prices a bit. And, you know, like, like you say, like people spend thousands and thousands of, of, of dollars on these packs a year, and, you know, you change that to $1,000 a year, and all of a sudden you get, you know, whatever you get even if you get ten thousand more people doing it it's you're still making that profit right mm -hmm. yeah. 100 i think andy you uh you mentioned that you have to you gotta head out right now yeah i gotta take off here guys okay well i have some things i need to say to daniel about his just opinion i've decided i can't keep my mouth shut uh but thank thank you andy for hopping on uh you'll definitely be back yeah. next week okay okay cool guys thanks a lot enjoy the rest of the show here okay so daniel Yes, sir. I you, I have a question. So you said it is it's not gambling, right? Well, because like because I just wanna I wanna read you a definition because I while you were talking, I went and looked at the definition of gambling and I it came up as the wagering of money or something of value, I guess PSN, um, on an event with an uncertain outcome. Would you say that that kind of resembles what pack openings are? this corner i guess um i would have to say you might be right <laughs> oh you don't have to say i might be you can just say i'm right <laughs> um, yeah i mean i don't yeah I'm so right. this is my opinion i draw i said this like a year ago i said why to get into casinos in the u.s is what 21 years old yes and because that's when you're mature enough i feel like they say or the government says that's when you're mature enough to be able to know how to spend your money, to be able to know what's at risk. So if gambling is the wagering of money or something of value on an event with an uncertain outcome, why is it legal in video games? Not, it's never gonna change. I'm obviously 
I'm, this is never going to actually become a thing where it's illegal because it's in all sorts of games. But I think it's just as bad, to be honest. It, it, potentially worse, like, it's like, you know those, like, websites where you can play uh, poker at home? And, like, you could gamble, like, for people who are too lazy to go to the casino? Like, partypoker.com, it's essentially that for, like, kids and stuff. Because I'd, I'd say a lot of their income comes from kids and kids taking money from their parents. You know, that's an interesting really interesting topic there because i never really thought about it as that until i kind of stumbled and brought and, and used that word now you go to a card collecting store and you buy packs it's essentially the same thing right now they digitalized it and mm-hmm. put it on your screen at home to where obviously it's a lot easier to access these packs and just punch in your credit card and they're digital they're not even real you can't touch them you can't take them with you you won't even have them for next year, you know. So that's a very interesting mm-hmm. um, definition, and you, you're right. I, I'm kind of uh, stumped. I can't say that it's not. <laughs> but you you did just raise a good point, though, that kind of brought something. Because you are right when you go buy cards from, like, a store and stuff. But I feel like you're getting something material with that. Like, you, can, you actually have something right. that you can hold. It's a little different in that fact. Like, 100%. obviously, but you don't see kids anymore, at least running to the store and spending all their money. And I feel like when you actually have to see the cash go from your pocket and like, it's a lot harder, like let's say they are taking money from their parents' credit card. Cause you could just have a credit card and PSN keeps it on file. They don't even make you redo it. So all you gotta do is go, hey, hey mom, what's a, can I have your credit card number for one thing? And boom, it's on file. Right. Whereas if you're, if you're going to the store to buy packs, it's, it's not that easy. You gotta go find it. You gotta take it. You gotta know the code. Like I, when it comes to like, I know that's an example of like kids actually taking money from their parents because there has been cases on FIFA of like three to four thousand dollars where the parents have found out and like PSN charges. If you like look up like kids and pack openings on like EA Sports games, it's crazy the stories you you'll hear. Um, but there's obviously no way where you could actually like enforce it to have an age limit. Um, but I think that would be a, a good step for them. But they, 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 from their standpoint, it would be ridiculous to do because they'd make a lot less money. Absolutely. Um, going back one more time, we don't want to circle too much, but one more time now, I, I just thought of, uh, thought about this, the gambling uh, definition. Now, um, you know, scratch it, right? Scratch it tickets. You buy them, you scratch. Yeah. Um, so you buy one for 10 bucks, whatever. Now you scratch, uh, you scratch your thing, and if you don't win anything, that piece of paper is essentially worthless that you just spent ten bucks for. Now I think the way they can get away with this is mm-hmm. um, they're saying, and and you know, you go to a card shop, an actual card collecting store, and you buy a pack, you might get crap, cr- crappy cards, but you pay for a pack of ten cards. Something material. Right, yeah. something material. And I think the way they're getting away with it is um, they're saying, hey. We're not promising any um, any elite pulls, diamond pulls, highly rated card. All we're promising here is you spend your twenty dollars on this bundle, and you're gonna get ten packs of fifteen bronze or better players. For example, now you're still getting those fifteen bronze players. Granted, they're digital; you can't do anything with them essentially, and you're not gonna probably play with those players. Uh, but that, that might be the loophole they're getting away with this, where it's not gambling because they are giving you what's promised. Uh, with a chance of getting something better. You're 100 percent right. I I think that is probably how they get away with it. Because I just thought about that. Well, wait a minute. How do they get away with it then? You know, how mm-hmm. do they do it? I guess they are just giving you what they're promising you. But you, the everybody knows. Everybody 
uh, in the world knows why we're buying these packs. We're not buying them to get 10 bronze cards, right? We're no. buying them for the ore better. You don't go on Madden and open packs to get a, like, a gold Andy Dalton. You, that, right. that, that's not why you're there. There's, no, no, or, like a, or like a bronze tight end. Like, right. you're not there, but, yeah, we don't, like I said, like you said, we don't want to circle around too much. We do want to keep this going, but that is a great, great topic. I, I love, that was great. I, I think, yes. I think a lot of people need to, and the fact that he brought a little bit of light to it, him being a bit, bigger YouTuber, I think that's kind of just the beginning, and more people are going to start. Now, a guest that I want to have on the show, actually, uh, Gaming Powerhouse is his name. Um, he's very, very for the kind of stop opening packs and stuff. He was, he opens a ton of them. But he thinks that it's more of an EA thing, where EA is like, because I, I 2K, you never hear people complaining about 2K my team, like, and I think it's because their odds are a little bit better. People don't feel as cheated when they open packs. At least you're getting exciting pulls. Like, I can open a pack in 2K, and I know I'll at least get like someone like 85 or above, or I'll get some like I got two Steph Curry's in my one pack. So, right. and perhaps that's the answer for EA, maybe on Madden. No. Um, just give us better toppers, right? Honestly, give us though. better toppers. Tell, tell us, here's your 10 packs, you're going to get bronze or better cards with the chance of getting an elite, but at least you're spending $1,500. I think Toke mentioned that as well. Give us something that we know we're going to get for sure if we buy this bundle. 100%. Give us, yep. Like, because when you're spending, like, this is real money. When you're spending like 100 bucks on packs, I think the worst feeling in the world would be to just leave with nothing. And it happens, to, it's happened to me so many times. It's happened to you. And like right. how stupid you feel, like that feeling Walk is away just with a, yeah. zero players that you're actually ever going to use in your line. But it's the worst feeling, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's essentially that scratch it that you just scratched, and uh, the the piece of paper becoming a hundred percent worthless. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the thing about scratch tickets, you gotta be twenty one years old. Good point. Thank you. <laughs> I, the next thing I was gonna ask you about uh, our next little topic. This is gonna be a quick one. Um, I was actually, I was watching today, um, one of my buddies, Dodger Phelps, he started playing WWE 2K17. Now that game looks sick. How come nobody talks about the WWE games? Or is it just a separate industry? Like, I feel like that could do some serious damage in the gaming world. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, last year's game as well got some uh, pretty good, um, it, I, I've seen YouTubers make videos that are somewhat popular i don't, i think uh there's no big youtuber doing them though uh, as of now and and you're I'm, i agree with you it does look sweet uh the game looks awesome i haven't been into wrestling in a while in a while but i've been uh contemplating uh playing it ever since last year and now this the, the new one's coming is come out and uh i might give it a shot what about you oh 100 i'm actually i'm contemplating going and getting it and just playing it for fun like i don't even i don't even need to upload it but like i don't right. love i don't love wrestling like, I, I'd never, like, go on my TV and be like, wow, wrestling's on. I can't wait. I've never been into wrestling. But it's just right. another thing to, like, on my career with, like, I take a wrestler from the beginning, work them all the way up to the top. Because 2K, which will, this is going to segue us right into our next topic, does such a good job with their career modes. It, it's, yes. it's, it's honestly what's setting 2K apart. It's why when you look at, like, the top games, the top 10 games, you don't see any EA games in there. What you see is 2K games. You see 2K17 because people... It's so much more intriguing to see the my career thing. Like you might only play your my career for a week. So many people only play it probably a week, two weeks. But it's super cool to be able to have those animations and have the kind of real to life experience. And uh, do you think EA is gonna do anything to kind of match that? Or are they just gonna be all about their ultimate team? 
No, I think they are. They're, and obviously, we know they're moving into that direction with the uh, FIFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that this year with the Journey. And uh, I think they're, they're probably... They have Frostbite, the Frostbite engine in FIFA now this year for the first time. And I think eventually it's going to be in all the sports games. And once it is, I think it's going to lend um, lend its, uh, itself to being able to have these... Uh, cinematic scenes and stuff much like uh, 2k has been doing for years now and you're right uh, mlb the show was actually the first game with like a real fleshed out career mode right um, i believe it was wrote to the show yeah yeah and i played that religiously and and i think they probably need to freshen that up a little bit they um, need to do some fun to play but they yeah need they need to they definitely need to update that because that's that's what got us here and uh 2K has really taken it to a whole nother level. And yeah, wrestling, uh, I'm totally with you on that. That uh, Mm -hmm. career mode and wrestling, taking a wrestler from, you know, the very beginning all the way to superstardom would be super fun to play. So yeah, I have yet to play the journey on FIFA, although I am going to attempt to do that this week. But um, I'm interested uh, to see what kind of approach they take and how uh, how it compares to the 2K experience, which has been phenomenal right mm-hmm. i mean as cheesy as last year's was i still appreciated it for what it was right it oh was 100%. Fun. It was like a fun fun two hours uh you played and then let's not forget after the uh the cinematic stuff the, after the story mode you still had a fully fleshed out uh my career with practices endorsements and all that cool stuff you know so yeah very, for very sure. cool. and going back to the mlb thing that you brought up I feel like if I went right now and I grabbed my um, my PlayStation Portable, which I haven't used in probably four to five years, and I brought up MLB 10 The Show, and I went to Road to The Show, I feel like you, I could put them side by side, and you wouldn't see much of a difference between MLB 16 and like 2010 for the PlayStation Portable. They haven't done anything to revamp that Road to The Show mode. Yeah, you're right. It's literally the same thing. That's why I get so bored with it. I... Like, it kills me to have to, like, play that sometimes. Like, it's fun for a little bit, but, like, man, right. when you got to play 160 games or 165, I don't know, 165, I believe, yeah. of that with, right. like, with nothing that's going to happen, like, exciting in between it, oh, right. my gosh. Talk about a, a workout that mode is. No like, joke. shout yeah, out to I Dodger Films. To shout out to Dodger Films, because he's mm-hmm. played, he's done, like, 3,000 episodes. That's huge exaggeration. Of Road to the Show, and he still finds it entertaining. Uh, but honestly, it's a they need because MLB's on the up right now. They're doing they're doing big things. MLB the Show, they're kind of they're changing their game. It's more popular than it ever has been. Um, but the one thing they need to add, I think, is that mode. Um, but we do need to see another cool mode this year, or else they're gonna fade out again. It's kind of like the like I have a theory, and I know I'm talking a lot right now, where. Um, a game kind of needs to come out with something new every year or else it's going to fade away. Like Madden's last year was Draft Champions. Right. And that was big. And that kind of like people had their ultimate team. Then they got their Draft Champions, made the game exciting again. This year, what's that new thing? Right. Have, have you played the uh, career mode on, on Madden at all? I know they don't have any cinematic storylines or anything like that. Have you, have you played? Have you messed with that at all? Yeah, a couple guys on my football team, we started one. Um, we, we lasted about a week. Really not exciting at all. I was very bored and immediately. Like literally from the time I clicked start career, I was bored. Like there was nothing, there was nothing, uh, there was nothing that exciting about it. And... They do have like the, you can create your player and have more accessories. Like you can get the one sleeve now, which I must have taken EA a couple of months to get that figured out. 
because uh, that was really the only new thing in the game this year was that you could have one sleeve on instead of two. Um, so I'm pretty sure their, their developers were hard at work on that feature. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get off that topic. Um, <laughs> you know, I watch uh, QJB's uh, micro mode, mode on, NF, on Madden, and it, it's fun. I mean, it looks fun. He's, he plays a cornerback, which I'd imagine is super tough. I've yet to try it. Uh-huh. He plays a cornerback, but to use her just a corner and with that camera view, it looks super tough. And I enjoy watching it, but I think he makes the videos enjoyable to watch. And that's a lot like Dodger films, right? Oh, yeah. They know what they're doing. This, yeah. It's, it's a stale game mode, but um, some of these YouTubers really make it exciting, right? Yeah. QJB's I mean, definitely, I like in like 2014, I was watching his series with like his Brooklyn Bridges and his cornerback. Like right. he, he does a great job of it. He really does. I, uh, you have a point there. He's one of the only people you really see excelling on the my career mode, though. Right. Like you don't see a lot of big. It's, everyone's just doing ultimate team uh, lately. There's not a lot of people who do like online ranks or um, the my career on that. But we should let's jump into our last topic of the day, and it's one that's near and dear to your heart, and uh, it's it's mobile games. And I want you to kind of tell us about the experience that you had, because um, you had you went to um I, I you just start talking about it because I don't know all the details. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We'll back up a little bit. So I've never played mobile games until about a few months ago, six months ago or so. Um, I always thought it was a super watered down product. I mean, as far as mobile games, I've played, you know, Sony PSP games, MLB The Show. We were just talked about that. Road to the Show was pretty fun in 06, you know, yeah. or 2010. Road to the Show was fun in 99, yeah. Right, it was, it's like the perfect game mode to play on, on, on the go. Uh, but as far as playing games on my cell phone, I've really never gotten into that, um, aside from super casually playing some Bejeweled or something, you know. So I was kind <laughs> of, um, I always kind of discounted it as being um, not a fully fleshed experience, you know. And uh, then I got, you know, I got a lot of requests on my YouTube channel in the comments to play NBA Live Mobile. Um, obviously, I've played, uh, you know, I've played live on the console, wasn't a huge fan. I've played, you know, I'm more of a console gamer, but a lot of people asked me to play NBA Live Mobile. So I downloaded it, checked it out. Um, I was genuinely impressed. Uh, the game was fun. That's really all I look for. It was quick um, to jump into a game. Uh, minutes or the quarters are about two minutes long so you can jump into a quarter a couple of quarters uh, at a time and it's just a few minutes and uh, they have the aspect of uh, opening packs and uh, card collecting which I love obviously I'm, I'm a big ultimate team player so it kind of had everything that I enjoyed so I started playing NB Life Mobile then I thought I'd give Madden Mobile a shot and now I'm even playing FIFA Mobile so um I've really uh, changed my tune on that. Uh, really now enjoying uh, playing the mobile games. And, uh, you know, it's grown my channel quite a bit. A lot of people seem to enjoy my mobile videos, which is awesome. And I even got invited by EA uh, to a Game Changer event a few weeks back. And so now I'm a mobile, an EA mobile Game Changer. What was that, uh, what was that event like? Okay, so really cool they invited a lot of um, youtubers and um, influencers uh, from the mobile community and not just sports games but also um, you know plants versus zombies the sims um, all kinds of people that play these mobile games they invited us all out uh, to their redwood shores campus here in, uh, in california which is just down the street from where i live 
but people were coming from all over, over all over the world. So it was not only cool to uh, go to EA, which is kind of a dream come true for me, uh, having played you know their game since I don't know. I mean, for twenty years now, I've been playing their game, so it's kind of a it's a dream come true for sure. But not just that; it was also nice meeting a lot of people um, in the community, uh, other YouTubers, other uh, influencers, um, people that I've heard about but I've never uh, thought or I never communicated with. It was nice meeting a lot of those people and uh, it was also cool to get a chance to talk to the developers of these games and um, I gotta give kudos to EA for that. Um, in recent years, they've really turned the corner on um, listening to the community. They've really made an emphasis on uh, trying to see what gamers want, uh, game modes people would like to see, and then trying to make an effort to get those things into the games. I know it's not always um, gonna happen. People ask for a lot, and obviously it's a year. most of these games are year, yearly releases as far as console games go. Um, but they actually made a pretty good emphasis on listening to the community. And I think that's what this event was about, too, to listen to the gamers, the YouTubers, people that actually play the game heavily and see what they would like to see in the game in the future. So it was really cool to go to that event. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, that is awesome, man. I was uh, very impressed when you told me about that. And like, I know I bash EA a lot, but I think that's a step in the right direction. Because uh, I think appreciating the people who like play their games and show these people is very important, and they're obviously doing that. Um, but yeah, who you said you got pretty close with QJB? Yeah, QJB, met QJB, Noobkill, um, Stop D. A lot of you guys probably recognize those names uh, if you do play mobile games, um, not just mobile games. So obviously, QJB is pretty big. He does a little bit of everything, but. Um, yeah, I met a lot of people. I mean, it was really, really cool. And then other people as well, people that play The Sims and, and Minecraft and all these other games from all over the world. It was just really cool to just connect with people and see what they're into and, and, and uh, what made them start their channel and, and kind of listening to their journey and stuff. And I'm uh, super excited to hopefully be a part of it for, for a long time. Right on, man. Well, that's awesome to hear. I was very excited to hear uh, about it when Daniel came back because I knew it was, it was just a cool thing. And me and Daniel, I were hoping, I hope we go to E3 or something this year. Are Absolutely. you? EA Play for sure. We'll EA, EA Play, yeah, because I 100% this summer want to start going to these events. Uh, but are you pretty much good? I think that's pretty much wraps up the length and kind of the length we wanted to make this show. Is there anything else you'd want to touch on before we wrap up here? I think that does it for me. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Hope to be a part of this show uh, in the future here. Yeah, we're going to get it going on. Uh, it should be on iTunes soon. Uh, you got to get a few episodes before uh, they let you go on iTunes. Though. They don't really just say, hey, yeah, here's a slot on iTunes. But it should be on that soon, which so hopefully you guys all go follow when it does hit. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening, uh, giving you guys part of our time. If you're still here at the end, uh, comment something uh, to let us know. Uh, but thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.